Sure. Good to see you. Uh, this is our last Sunday in 2020. It's the last Sunday. Uh, this is a year the world will not forget. Uh, it, it, it was, I don't know about you, but um, this year really was so transforming in so many ways for me. I was talking to a pastor this week and he said, how was, how was, you know, how you doing? I said, 2020, as I was reflecting, was the most transformative year of my life. I don't know what it was for you. I mean, I hope your Christmas was full of Jesus and his goodness and reminders of his love. But what I wanna do before we get into uh, our time together, uh, I just wanna encourage you uh, to spend some time this between now, you know, a few days left in the new year, and, and just go be with God and reflect in prayer uh, on what he was growing in you this last year. Like what did he do in your life this last year that was just, you know, it could only have been him. Only he knew how to love you in this way or mature you in this way. And then, and then just thank him. Like just spend an hour, trade off with spouses if you have to, and just go and thank him. Reflect and then worship. Just worship him. First uh, Thessalonians 5, it says this, always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Let me say this, God's perspective on this year may be a lot different than yours. Like what he was doing was far more important than than what we feel maybe he didn't do or we didn't do. And so I just wanna encourage you, go into 2021 with a heart of worship. Go into 2021 with thankfulness, with expectation, like this is what he did and this is what it's gonna do because 2021 is going to be the best year ever, okay? So that's where we're going. Um, we're just gonna do a one-off sermon today. One of the things that's been on my heart is I've been just reflecting with God and being present to his goodness um, is that realizing we don't change, you know, just by going through experiences, we change uh, as we go through them with him, as we reflect with him, as he's changing and transforming us. And so if we want to go into 2021 excited to change, to have the best year, uh, I thought, what if we just pause for, you know, this one Sunday and talked about walking in the ways of Jesus. I mean, there's no better person to learn how to have the best year than looking at the ways Jesus lived his life. I heard this sentence this week. Um, you become like your vision of God, for better or worse. You become like your vision of God. Um, what's more important as a church, in our community groups, to those that we're in community with, to our friends, our family. What's more important than, um, you, you know, all the ways that we serve and the spiritual gifts we bring or, you know, the takeaways that people can get from you, like your little mini sermons or your devos or, or even your encouragements or your love gifts or all that. What's more important than that when you, um, when you come to be in community is, is your transforming self, the best gift you can give someone is your becoming like Jesus. So when I hang out with someone who's becoming more like Jesus, that's the best gift they can give me, not all the consumables. And so as we go into this year, I wanted us to look at how did Jesus commune with God? How did Jesus become the greatest friend? How did Jesus live his life uh, walking in the ways he walked? And the verse that really uh, is anchored me in this 
was, was really uh, in 1 John 2, 6, and this will be on the screen, but he says this, whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. One translation says, those who claim to belong to him must live just as Jesus did. Okay, so that's really exciting. So here's where we're going. Here's the three points today. Uh, you'll, you can see them as well. We're, we're gonna look at number one, I want us to look at uh, a vision of how Jesus lived his life. By what power did he do his life? So as we go into 2021, we want to adopt and, and have him be the model. And number two, the specifically, more particularly, how did he commune with the Father? What did his prayer life look like? How does Jesus commune with God? And then um, a vision, what I mean by that is more of like just practice, having a vision for your life that's going to, uh, be transforming. So that's where we're going. Let me pray, and then we'll get into it. Uh, Jesus, thank you for this year. I, I do. I, I thank you, Lord, for there's so much. There was so much transformation. There was so much uh, uncertainty. There was so much needing to trust. There was so much uh, areas in our lives, in our culture, that were tilled up and and yes, God, this year was full of hardship. Yes, there was a lot of tension. Yes, there was a lot of misunderstanding. There was all kinds of, of pain and death, and you were present. You are with us. You are, a, you are king, as we just sang about. You're on the throne. And I just, I pray, God, like when, when you entered into humanity, as we just looked a few days ago, when you came into um live the life we couldn't live and die our death. You showed us how to live. We can learn how to walk as Jesus walks. Like that text says, if we say we abide in you, we, we must live just as Jesus lived. And I just, I pray as we go into this new year, God, would you shape us to look at Jesus as our model more? And I just pray you'd grant me boldness, Holy Spirit, as you stretch out your hands to heal. And I just, I pray God just for a miraculous Sunday where we can walk out and walk into the new year uh, with, with new practices in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so a vision of how Jesus lived his life. Okay, look at these verses again with me. First um, John 2, 6. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Now, the first thing I just want to point out in that is that John, who wrote this gospel, um, he wouldn't say that uh, if if that were not possible. Like if it, if it wasn't something that that was expected, Paul wouldn't say, "Follow my example as I follow the example of Jesus." If if we couldn't look into Jesus' life as our model. Now, no one pushes back on that, but I want to really lay the groundwork for. Uh, you know, uh, the, the power of his practices a little bit more here. So turn with me to one of the most fascinating uh, passages about Jesus' life as being fully human. Uh, turn with me to Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Just days ago, we talked about the incarnation of Jesus. And, and listen to what he says, though. Though always God, Jesus didn't count equality with God a thing to be held on to, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men. Let me, let me just read that again. Who, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, 
but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men. Now hold on to that thought and go with me to John chapter 5, verses 19 to 20. So we're holding that one, John chapter 5, and, and here's what we read. So Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing for whatever the father does, that the son does likewise. For the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing. So the question is, put those together, how did Jesus hear if he wasn't using his divinity? Philippians 2 says he deliberately chose to limit his divine attributes. He didn't grasp in order to represent us fully, yes, but perhaps is he demonstrating what the normal Christian life should look like? So again, the question is, how did Jesus hear if he wasn't using his divinity? And the answer is the spiritual practices that he lived his life by, by prayer, of listening prayer, spiritual disciplines. He had to place himself in, in environments to commune and to hear. It's interesting, it's only when and after the spirit descends on Jesus in his baptism that we read, um, of any of the ministry Jesus did. So all that Jesus did, he did filled with by the Spirit. So just stay with me for a moment. Have you ever thought, you know, like especially if you read the passage where Jesus is being baptized, why did Jesus even need the Holy Spirit if he's God? Right, I remember thinking that a few times. Why is the third person of the Trinity empowering the second? And then when you realize how Philippians 2 works, we learn that he didn't turn on his privilege of deity. Doing what the father wanted meant he had to use spiritual disciplines to actually, spiritual practices to hear and then do it. Again, Jesus never stopped being God. We gotta be really clear, but, but he chose while he was here on earth not to access or use it. So here's why I'm saying this. If Jesus used his godness you know, to do everything, we can never obey or live up to the passage we said in First John. We couldn't do the works Jesus did because we will never be God. But if, and this really hit me in the spiritual gift series we did, if Jesus used spiritual gifts, a life empowered by the Spirit to do what the Father was doing, he also used spiritual disciplines to walk with the Father, to hear from the Father, and to show us a model of how we will too. It's often the last, you know, the, you know, if you read the Christmas narratives, the last verse is in Luke 2, 52, and it says, and Jesus increased in wisdom, right? He, he fully God, but he did not access or grasp. So there's no example greater of how, for how to live the best year ever than Jesus, right? If, so if, we're, if we want a desire to learn to pray, to walk and do the things that Jesus called us to do and follow him, we have to do it the way Jesus did it. And the greatest thing, if you were to just, you know, if anyone was coming to look for Jesus, more than likely the disciples would be like, oh, he's probably what? Praying. He's probably with the Father. And so here's what I want to do now as we kind of move into to the second point um, is, is, well, let me say this. Some of us right now, I just think are going like, wow. That's amazing. But, but second, you're thinking, James, I don't know if I can hear another sermon on prayer, okay? You know, another like, ah, I gotta add, I gotta do more. Like, so, 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 I just wanna, please, 
I know we don't, like, you know, most of us, uh, it's easy, by the way, for a pastor to lob guilt. It, that's, I, it's easy for me to just throw out conviction sentences and we walk out going, I don't pray enough, I don't love God enough, I don't read my Bible enough. That's not my goal. That's not the Father's heart either. So here's all I want you to do. If that's you, if you're like, I don't want another sermon on prayer. Um, all I want you to do is breathe. Good, okay. And then I want you just to watch Jesus with me. Don't assess yourself, but I want you to watch Jesus and how he lived his life. I want you to let his life just speak to you. Let me say it this way. Watching someone you love model something they love or he loved as has the power to increase in you a love to love what he loves. Okay, let me say that again. Watching someone you love model something they love has the power to increase in you a love to love what they love. So all I'm saying is let's watch Jesus together on how he communed with God. As we go into 2021, let's just watch Jesus, a vision of how Jesus lived his life. So that's number one. Number two, let's look at how he communed. How did he pray? So here's what I want to do. I want to look at one gospel, the gospel of Luke, where Luke records Jesus praying 10 times, seven of those. We don't hear what he prayed about. Um, There's two parables which are really unique to Luke about prayer. But I'm just going to go through a few passages in Luke, and we're just going to watch Jesus together, okay? All right, so first, Luke 3, 21 to 22. Now, when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. Okay, I love this. At baptisms, he's at the baptisms. People are being baptized. At his baptism, he's just, he's praying, he's communing, right? It's this conversational life with his father and the spirit. And and now we don't know what he prayed, um, but some suggest whether the words from the father in verse 22 were in not, you know, possibly in some way a response to whatever Jesus was praying. Like, I wonder, I mean, this is the beginning of his ministry. He knows once the spirit comes in, I'm just sure he felt as a man some nerves. And, and, and he was just praying for assurance, for power, possibly. Um, and I say that because remember, his reliance on his father humanly was as real as ours. I mean, he's not just, you know, like some kind of pretending. His emptying left him in our same position of need of God's affirming word, of God's love, of God's power, of God's direction. One of the clearest places we see this is true in scripture is Hebrews 4, 15, which says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, our dependencies, our uh, feeling insufficient, but we have one who's been, what, tempted in every way just as we are. So Jesus never sinned, but it's not a sin to feel utterly dependent. Okay, let's just keep watching Jesus. Luke 5. But now, even more, the report about him went abroad and, a, and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he withdrew to desolate places and prayed. 
Uh, it was in, it's interesting, if you watch Jesus' prayer life, it was in the busiest. It was in the most potentially the height of Jesus' like popularity where he would often, like he's ready to go, he's already gone viral, okay, all over the ancient world. And, and he would often withdrew to go be with the Father. The pressure you got imagine, on Jesus must have been enormous. And if, and if I don't know what you do for work, um, but if you're always with people or you're a public person, you know you rarely have time for yourself, right? You rarely do, let alone time to go and pray. But Jesus, he can't but not withdraw and go be present to the Father. Um, you know, Dallas Willard is, was asked, you know, if, if you could describe Jesus in one word, what would it be? And and uh, he would say relaxed. And what I found so powerful, and this is just for me, so you, this, maybe this is not for you, but typically in my own life, uh, I spend more time in prayer before ministry, like before doing something for God. Like, you know, I'm just, I'm trying to get an answer, receive help, and all my prayers focused the before. But as I watch Jesus' life, he mostly goes and prays after, after a time of ministry, he, he seemed to withdraw. There seemed to be a desire to go be with the Father in prayer to receive reinforcements after a busy time of output. I mean, he, he just seemed to know that if he was going to minister in power on a regular basis, he needed um, to meet with God on a continual basis. He, he loved to pray. He, he didn't want to do anything without his Father. Uh, and again, this one's for me, but... One of the practices or resolutions I have this year, uh, in light of just reading this, uh, is to debrief with God. I don't know if you ever debrief with him. If you ever ask him, how, what did you think? How, did, how do you think it went? Or um, would, you, would you strengthen me now for the next day? Like what lies am I going to believe right now? Just to go be with him. It is huge. So practically what I did uh, is I put a phone, I put a phone, I put an alarm in my phone for 9.45 and labeled it debrief. So it went off last night. My wife was like, what? What is that? Someone calling you? I was like, no, I got a new resolution. By the way, uh, I think it's like 89% of resolutions end by February. So check in February if I'm still debriefing with Jesus. All right. Uh, Luke 6. In those days, he went out to the mountain to pray. Praise God, we have mountains. And all night, he continued in prayer to God. This is a big day of communing with the Father. And when day came, big night, he called his disciples and he chose from them 12 whom he named apostles. I don't know what major decisions will come into your life in 2021, but this is a good model. Remember, we're just watching Jesus. I, You know, I... I can't imagine up on that mountain, though. Like, he's like just communing with the Father. And remember, he is like us. He has to wait. He has to listen. He's praying. He's asking. Um, he, he's, he's, has, he's had enough providential to, to pick the disciples with the Father. He knows who he's been around with. Um, and just, you know, like asking, what do you think about Peter? And what about James? And then, like, just that, like, I want you to choose Judas. And, and knowing you know, that, that would have been, maybe that's why he was up all night. Uh, all right, again, let's just watch Jesus. So Luke 9. Now it happened that as he was praying alone, 
the disciples were with him. And he asked them, who do the crowds say that I am? Another one, Luke 9, 28. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Now, of course, there is, this is the transfigurations. Jesus is uniquely fully God and fully man. Okay, you're not gonna uh, live as Jesus lived and get that experience. But watch what he's doing. Luke 11, 1. Now, Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, teach us to pray. I love that. Notice Jesus does it in front of them, and then they get a hunger to do it. That's discipleship. It's, it's doing it in front of others, taking them with you, and then they get a hunger to do it. Right? Discipleship is enjoying a person and teaching others to love what God loves. It's, it's doing it with others, and then they do it. You know, I, one thought I had... Um, I'll just throw it out now, but uh, that I was going to put in this sermon, which I am now saying, is, you know, how cool would it be if, if a few of us prayed through and decided, okay, by the end of January, I'm going to find one unbelieving friend. I'm going to ask them if they'd be willing, whether it's on a lunch hour, on Zoom, or one evening, and we just said, would you be willing to read the Gospel of Mark together? And all you did was just pray, you read it together, ask them, do you have any questions? and you just started doing it with them. Wouldn't that, I mean, it just would be so cool. Anyways, one commentator said this, if we want others to learn, then we must also model to them. That's the, see, this is the thing. We're looking at Jesus as our model. Going into 2021, what, how did Jesus live his life? So if we want others to learn, then we must also model to them what we teach. Jesus not only did this, okay, with prayer, he did this with all ministry. He taught the disciples and then often demonstrated what he was teaching. So he taught them healing and then he would go out and they would, they would, they would see him do the healing. Um, and then he would give them authority to go do it. Next is Jesus' prayer for Peter. This is in Luke 22, 31 to 32. It says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon that your faith may not fail when you've turned back, strengthen your brother. Satan wants to push you through this and he wants to sift faith out. He wants to break your faith to gain in you what he did in Judas, but he can't. Why can't he? Because Jesus prayed. Did you know that Jesus intercedes for you? You know, in 2021, Jesus is praying for you. Okay, so best year ever is gonna happen. Romans 8, 34. Let me show you the verse because that's a really cool sentence. Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised? He's alive. He was at the right hand of God. That's a place of authority. All authority in heaven has been given to him. He has every power to do it. Who indeed is, what's our word? interceding for us. So can I just tell you as we kind of maybe 
get close to wrapping up here, what's on God's heart for 2021? Here it is. It's to be with you. Mark 3, 14, and he appointed 12, whom he also named apostles, so that they might be with him. And he might send them out to preach. I just, I don't know what's on your heart for 2021. I don't know if you're a, I'm an anti, you know, I want to, these are some goals I have. Or if you're, if you're like already had the big prayer walk and you have 17 goals, I don't know. Um, But I know this, he is inviting you more than ever to be with Jesus, to be with him, to come into his presence and to just to grow in that collaborating inner life with the Trinity. To, he wants to be our comfort, to be our guide, to, to bless, to discipline, to prune, to commune, to receive what we need most, which is not to please ourselves, but to please him. Walking in the ways of Jesus. Okay, so we've seen a vision of how Jesus lived his life and, and how he communed with God and just watched how we did it. And I just really practically want to just give us some practice ideas for 2021. So we need a few things here. Number one, you need, you actually need a vision. Like, and what I mean by that is we need to see this could be like this for my life. So many of us, you hear a preacher, you see verses, and it just drops, right? And like a seed, bird takes it. You need to go, yeah, I think I need to increase communion with God. Next, you need means, So if you want to become more like Jesus and adapt the lifestyle of Jesus, hearing from the Father as he did, we need to ask, when am I going to do this? When am I going to get regular times like this? You need accountability. Find someone in your life, like before January 1, to go, I'm wanting to commune more. Here's what I'm thinking. Two days a week, I've looked at my, I think I can go for a walk here. I can pray in the morning here. Do it. Get, get move. Be excited about being more present to the Father, having one ear to heaven more and more. Um, so you got to ask, when am I going to have intentional times? How will I schedule that in? How can I practice praying with everyone I'm with? How can I practice it? Sometimes what I'll do is in the beginning of a conversation with someone, I'll say, hey, just so you know, I want to pray with you before this meeting's over. And it's just in the agenda somewhere. You know, that we would have a culture at the shore, like I've talked about in the past, where we just, man, these guys just pray all the time, where they really enjoy prayer. Um, yeah. So, so as, as we close, I just I want you to ask God, encourage you to reflect, encourage you to thank, encourage you to worship, spend more time, um, make this the best year, and, and um, do some practical things. You know, one of the things I started asking God is, is there a practice that you want me to do more of? Um, you know, one thought that came to mind, so I think this is for someone, is, you know, ask God, do you want me to fast one week a month from social media for a year? One week a month for an entire year to be present to you to be unhurried, to slow down, to have time for my Bible. I think that's for someone. Have you ever thought how Jesus would use his phone? 
Like if, if you went out like for a coffee, would Jesus be like, just yeah, one sec, thank you, yeah. Latte, what? Sure, vegan please. You know, like, you don't know. Here's another idea. Um, set no phone blocks in your day. So from this hour to this one, you have that in your mind, it's I'm present to God. Before I grab my phone, I grab your hand. Before I grab my phone, I grab your word. Before I grab my phone, I get on my knees. Whatever you gotta do, you just gotta, you, this is your life. I'm just giving you suggestions. But here's the question, do you even want to imitate Jesus? That's, this is the heart issue. Do you want to imitate Jesus this year? Do you wanna walk in the ways of Jesus? And if, and if you're like, yes, what's our model? How are we gonna hear from the Father? How are we gonna see more of our character? How are we gonna get more direction for our lives? By imitating Jesus. And I just want you to tell him that. I want you to just, you know, another thing, I think this is for someone else, is, is to practice, you've always wanted to practice Sabbath, but you haven't done it yet. And, um, you know, Sabbath is you stop, you rest, you delight, and you worship. That's really the, the purpose of it, to go be with him. Again, you become like your vision of God, for better or for worse. And the way to grow closer to, to like him is to spend time with him, right? Because we, we become like our friends. Have you ever been around someone and be like, man, you're talking like so-and-so. It's because they spend a lot of time together. Um, can I just say this? I don't know if this is for someone either, but... Um, if you've tried reading through the Bible in a year, okay, like every year, which I think is great. I think if you can do that, you got the, the beautiful mind to commune with the Lord and you get, um, but it, that doesn't work for you. Like you've read Genesis to Numbers for the eighth year. You didn't even know there's a Samuel. You're like, what? There's more? I get to Numbers and stop. Just don't do that. You have my permission. Just spend time in a gospel. Give your time. You want to you be unhurried with the Lord. Relationship is the point of coming into the word of God. For some of you, fasting, okay? Some of us, we're so heady, right? We're knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. So we think the only way to change is if I just read 10 books this year, I'll change. That doesn't work. Like Jordan Chong, who's looking at me right now, he doesn't read 10 books on working out to change. If, if, if just knowledge could transform your life, it wouldn't work. That's why God's given us practices. Did you know that not, uh, or that feeling hungry in your stomach can actually bring you more of the presence of God in your life? Some of us don't believe that, but that's fasting. So for some of us, it's, it, it's fasting. Wherever it is, whatever it is, the goal is the same. And the goal for 2021 is being with him. That's your goal. That's our goal. We want to be with him and then we want to make him known. But the best thing we can give our world in 2021 is our transforming self. And just remember this, the same spirit, the, the same Holy Spirit that Jesus did all his life by is the same Holy Spirit you and I have. And here's the beautiful thing. Jesus used all the gifts and then he gave us the body of Christ and radically gave the gifts so that we shouldn't do any of this apart from community. And I know it's gonna be hard going in 2021, but that's our goal. 
I'll close with saying this. Uh, Jesus couldn't get enough of enjoying the Father. Like for him, he just couldn't wait to feel the Father's pleasure in him. Like, you know, after a, a good Sermon on the Mount, he couldn't wait because what was better than the Sermon on the Mount was the presence of the Father. You know, in John 17, he, he says, this is eternal life, that they know you. And as we do, he gives us the same heart to do the works Jesus did. The more we commune with the Father, the more we're going out there with him to do the, do the works that we're called to do. By the way, we're called to do works. Ephesians 2 says, for by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. This is a gift. And then it goes on and says, you have works that have been prepared for you to walk in them. So I don't know what it is for you, but I, I just encourage you at least get away in these next few days. Reflect, thank, worship, and make being with him, enjoying being with him, the priority of your heart. So Holy Spirit, come and lead what that'll look like for all of us. God, not with legalism in our heart of like, hey, I wanna do this, 10 things, and, and then we get discouraged, but with passion to practice the way you did, from the motive you did it, by the same power you did it. You modeled for us how to live your life by the power of the Holy Spirit, in communion with the Father. So I just, I pray for an increase of your communion, an increase of your presence for the shore, an increase of just an abiding, collaborating life with you. And Lord, would you just, would you do some healing today? Maybe for some this year, they feel like they could have been better. Would you just come and just heal and just give them the hope of, of looking at Jesus you know, like, like the Hebrews 11 and just laying aside every weight and sin that so easily entangles and may we run this race this next year going to January looking to Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. It's you that's gonna do it all. And so we give up control and we ask that in our practices it would feel like faith and that we'd be free to fail but just we would be pursuers of God. And give us the best year ever, in Jesus' name, amen.
Please at home, grab us some uh, bread or some juice or wine based on your conscience uh, as you're doing that. In Hebrews, um, we read that uh, for the joy of the Lord, he endured the cross. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And um, the joy was, you know, glorifying the Father, fulfilling all the promises, uh, displaying his glory, the glorious grace, Ephesians 2 says. But I just, there's a joy set before him that when he tells his disciples, like, I go and prepare a place for you, to be with you. He says that, to be with you. There's a joy that he has when he's with us. And I want you to know, when you're going out there to meet him, he's more excited than you are. He loves you. I mean, just listen to his listen listen to his voice at the at the Last Supper. He says, "And when the hour came, he reclined." This is Luke. And the hour came, he reclined at table, and the apostles and the apostles with him. And he said to them, "I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. I earnestly desire." 
because he knows what the past, he knows what the next hour is all of just that, but he knows what it's going to accomplish. And he's like, I'm ready to fulfill this with you. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup and we had given thanks. He said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread. So go ahead and take your bread. And we did given thanks. So Father, thank you. He broke it and he gave it to them saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. But behold, the man of him who betrays me is with me on the table. For the Son of Man goes, it has been determined. But woe to that man whom he is betrayed. And so let's celebrate and do this in remembrance of him. Father, we just, we just, we long for the day. Even Jesus and his humanity didn't know the day or the hour. But we don't know either, but we really do long for the day. And we just continue to pray, come Lord Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for your love. Thank you that you love to be with us. In Jesus' name.